Welcome to the Mastering the Mind podcast. Today we welcome Keely Hodgkinson to the podcast. Keely is an English track and field athlete specializing in the 800 meter event. At the age of 19, Keely won a silver medal at the recent Tokyo 2020 Olympics, breaking the British record set by Kelly Holmes in 1995. Some of Keely's major achievements include coming first in the 2021 Diamond League in Zurich, winning gold in the 2021 European Indoor Championships in Turin, and winning bronze in the 2019 European Under-20 Championships. So let's welcome Keely to the podcast. Uh, we, we've just been stressing trying to sort it all, and uh, yeah, we eventually tweeted at you to uh, check, your, check your emails. <laughs> yeah, I just found out, oh, maybe I could hold them on Twitter. But there we go, right. The timing of that as well, it couldn't have been any, any worse. It's crazy. Yeah. We've got one of our biggest podcasts coming out today as well um, with a guest that we really enjoyed. Um, so that's going to ruin the release date yeah. for that. So <laughs> Maybe yeah. by the time this is over, it will um, it'll be fine. Yeah, Fingers crossed. So. Fingers crossed. But anyway, thanks for joining us. Um, obviously, no idea that this has happened and uh, hopefully you can still fit some time in for us. But um, Yeah, yeah, definitely. Why don't worry. Yeah. Okay. So a great place we like to start and uh, for the listeners to sort of get to know you is talk us through your journey to date. So from growing up to where you are now, who is Keely Hodgkinson? Big question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say, well, sporting wise, my background, my, you know, my parents were quite sporty. They didn't like, they didn't do anything on the international stage or anything, but my dad uh, once ran London marathon, but he can't run anymore. He's got two hip replacements and he okay. had to have them quite young. So um yeah that was that my mum um got involved with, like everything at school really but I feel like back then they didn't really have the same like maybe connections or like access to what we have now like it's not I'm not saying what we have now is amazing but it's definitely better than what we had back then um so then I actually used to swim like stupid swimming they do stupid hours um yeah, like getting up at like 5am but I was like 11 yeah um so I did that and I think I built up quite a good like aerobic base so I did a cross country for school um and I did okay and that I was actually supposed to win that race but so you know you know like at primary school when you so you're running and you're following a person who's like leading you around yeah and towards the end the person ducks under this tape so I follow him and then the girl who <laughs> next to me comes oh, no. straight to the baseline and I'm like <laughs> everyone's shouting at me and I'm like oh, oh dear um and then from then on I went down to like the local club um I did actually quit for a year one time I, I just decided that like I don't know this wasn't for me I was about 13 um and then I had a couple of problems like some operations I had to have and then I came back when I was about 14 and then it just progressed from there really and just kind of took it year by year just had a few changes over the past years um that probably got me to where I am now but yeah it's been a it's been an interesting journey I'd say so was so your parents were kind of did they kind of inspire you to make that transition into track and field from swimming to track and field? Yeah, my, my dad probably more definitely, but we used to get in arguments because he'd be like, You're a better runner, and I'd be like, So you said I'm a bad swimmer then. <laughs> me being stubborn, I'm like, What do you think I'm rubbish at swimming? And he's like, No, I just think you're better at track and field. And I'm like, because I didn't actually like track and field at first. It, it wasn't, but I didn't like swimming. So when I got bored of that, I was like, okay I don't really want to do nothing so I want to give running a go um but my dad is definitely one of my biggest inspirations he's always just said things to me like you know whatever you want you can go out and get it you just gotta you gotta work hard so yeah he still says that to me now 
you want it, you go get it. <laughs> Just going back to the routine of a swimmer, I'm interested to know because I never really knew the answer. Why is their routine so wake up at 4 a.m. and go oh. swim? I mean, I was chatting to um, one of the Brownlee brothers about this because yeah. they do some swimming and they, they say, they're like, yeah, they don't need to train that early. They definitely don't because as a runner, I've done double days. And I'm not getting up at 5 a.m. to do it. No. <laughs> but I'm thinking that maybe it's work or before those pools open to the public. So they got to do it oh, there right. at 4 a.m. And then oh, they'll no. do it again at night, 12 hours later. It's a yeah. tough spot. Definitely a, a tough spot. I had like friends growing up in school who were doing it at our pools and like they'd go before school and it was just like a crazy routine that they had to keep up with, um, especially to balance it with school. I mean, credit yeah. to them. And they do it uh, from quite a young age as well. Yeah, it it's, is. Like, it's, it's a lot. So anyone who makes it swimming, I'm like, how <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Did you have any inspirations growing up that you looked up to in uh, athletics or anything like that? Um, Athletics-wise, I think my, I always say my first memory was probably Jessica Ennis yeah. doing the goal. Because I was about 2012. I was, I was 10 in 2012. Um, it doesn't even seem like that long ago. No, it's crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> But then um, I've also said this, but my first Olympic memory is actually Tom Daly. But that's mainly because okay. like, everyone used to fancy him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm his type, unfortunately. Aww. But um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's my first. And then Boone was swimming and stuff like that. But Jessica Ennis is probably the one of the things that, um, and I spoke to her about this uh, just before the Olympics. She sent me a message in the round and I was like, oh, she's one of the main reasons I decided to switch to athletics, seeing her do that and, it was really inspiring back then, especially being, I think that was the part when I was stuck in between what do I do, swimming or athletics. So, mm. yeah, that was a top moment for me. What was it that made, like, what what, in, what was it that, like, that you rated her so much? Like, what was it her mentality or the way she um, performed or what was it? I think it was just, like, the performance. Obviously, it was nice that it was in London and there right. was a, obviously a lot of hype because it was a home games. Um, but I just enjoyed watching it and, like, I'd say I probably wanted to be a heptathlete back then, but you wouldn't see me do that now. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of people were probably inspired by her, um, especially obviously being a woman and being in the spotlight as well. That's also really great to see for young girls. Um, so, yeah, it was probably a bit of everything. And uh, I think after the London Olympics, I remember my old coach saying to me that the athletics just was flooded in with people coming in um, mm. because of the inspiration from London. So that's really great. Yeah, I think her personality really shone through during those Olympics as well. Um, really connected to the media. I think that's why everyone loves her. Yeah. So Always smiling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always nice when, yeah, when you have that um, personality come across on camera because I don't think with a lot of athletes it does. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when you do get to see someone, I think that's why Usain Bolt probably is so big because yeah. he's just a big, like, he's just a big personality that puts himself out there. And I think when people do open up to the media and show their personalities, they are just rated so much more. I think with my sport, football, people really do, like, they, they don't really show their personalities too much, maybe because of the criticism that they can get. Yeah, um, football's, like, really, really big as well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it's a tricky one. You're watching the interviews and they're like... It's just the, yeah. same, it's the same old interview every single time, just yeah. carbon copies. Whereas in the NBA, like we we've discussed this, or like the players, they always show their personality. They're even joking with the the people that are interviewing them, the pundits also. Yeah, it's just pundits. it's just different mentality over here in the UK, isn't it? Different press as well. I always think the American press is like they love that like the hyping up, and that, I think that's why Shakira Richardson is so big because 
everyone just hypes her like I she's love so funny she's I so entertaining yeah, she's gonna bring so much to the sport um yeah but the American press like that whereas I think the British press you'd get ripped to shreds yeah I they're always looking to sell drama uh, or yeah. like yeah to sell a story yeah. like that whereas we're never really sharing much positive news um but yeah anyway moving on from all this negative <laughs> um so at a young age obviously you developed very quickly you were setting records for your club what was that like um I, oh, I don't really know to be honest I mean I was just yeah. like taking it year by year the past two years have definitely gone by really quickly like if you told me a year ago the year I'd have this year like my, and my goals have changed throughout which has been kind of crazy I'm not sure I'll ever have a season as like up the rankings if I ha- as I as I ever will have, but um, it's been really good fun. Um, definitely don't take any of it for granted because this I think with track and field it can just humble you so quickly. You can you can win one one race one week, but by the next like that's the thing with the diamond league circuit as well because they're just continuous. It's like you can have a different winner every week. You know it's really hard to stay on top. So going into championships obviously that's the important part. Um, so I like championship racing. I feel like I I really like to raise my game for that um but yeah it's just it's been really fun and I've got to go to loads of new places meet loads of new people and uh set a few records on the way yeah like at a young age it's so easy like you said to fall in the trap of like you know being cocky and like you know taking things for granted so how do you kind of stay humble like do you have any like support systems around you to like you know help you yeah. out I'd say I definitely have obviously Trevor and Jenny um yep. Lily Meadows obviously she's been there and done it all and I, I've kind of seen it myself you know you see when you're doing well as a young athlete and then it's I realized it's so hard to break into the seniors and I think it's something that probably needs to be talked about more with junior athletes with like it's so different like it's obviously really good to do well as a junior but to come into the senior with all these people that don't care what you did when you were 18 17 um mm-hmm. I think that yeah it does wake you up um, it definitely wakes you up um, into this whole new world of competing with the best of the best week on week and trying to stay on that circuit because if you're not performing there, you ain't getting invited. Mm. Um, so, you know, there's nowhere to hide. Um, so I suppose I've just kind of realised that if I want to stay here, well, I've got to keep putting the work in because I won't be here next year if that's the case. So. You mentioned that uh, year out you had on your um, rise up uh, when you was about 13. Mm-hmm. talk us through that sort of year how it was for you why you needed the break um and did it help you uh going into athletics again the year after I think it did yeah and I think it, being at that age it's kind of like you're developing a lot your friends you got friends at school who are doing different things and it's kind of an age definitely teen years where a lot of people like drop out and lose their interest mm. um but I was still running but I had a year out because I had to have an operation on my ear um which kept me out about six months but then I got injured so then I was out for another six months it was about a year in total um but I was like at the time I was kind of bored of athletics and I was like actually looking forward to getting six months off I was like yes I don't have to train for six months but then after watching my friends like my athletics friends develop and get better and do things I kind of got the hunger back in me so when I came back at first I was running it for fun because I didn't want the pressure of like trying to get back. But then once I got that hunger, but nobody pressured me as well. That was really good. Nobody was like, you need to do this. You need to do that. Everyone was like, yeah, we'll let her be. We'll let her just run for fun if she wants to. Um, Cause the last thing you want to do is push someone away from something. Cause I'll never do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, year by year, I just built up and 
move my goals every year. New goals, new new aims to try and reach. And I just train for them, really. Do you sort of prefer being the underdog then, where you've got people to chase, or do you prefer setting your own standards and, and trying to beat your own goals? It is. It is. I do think it is easier being the underdog because yeah. nobody's expecting anything, and then you just come out and go, "Oh, who's this person?" Yeah. Whereas, because they always say that like being on top, getting to the top is the easier part. Is staying on top. So I think maybe next year is going to be a challenging year in terms of like maybe being a target for some people. But there's still a thing Mo to beat. So <laughs> she's yeah. still she's going to be the main target. But um, but yeah, it's going to be competitive. And 800 at the minute is just like on fire in Britain alone. Never mind worldwide. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so obviously during your kind of youth career, you travelled all over the place, kind of like especially in Europe. So at that young age how is that is is it easy to cope with like tra- these traveling hours um going to different places um tell us more about it um obviously I've, I've probably been traveling for Europe since I was about 16 when I did my first youth competition mm-hmm. which was very exciting um but yeah it's very different doing one junior competition abroad to then going to abroad every weekend you know, like literally since July, I have lived out of a suitcase. I hate airports. They <laughs> annoy me so much. <laughs> um, but it's been a lot of fun. But like, yeah, I think one thing that I probably should with is whether it, that's my age or I just need to learn how to deal with it is um, recovering between flights. Sometimes you raise you're on a flight at 4am. And if you come back from America, it's 24 hours to get home. And he's just knackered. And it's just learning how to do it. That's what people don't talk about. You think, oh, yeah, so I want to go race in Germany. I want to go race France. Like, getting there back and then doing it again the week after. And the week after that is is hard. But um, it's part of the job, I suppose. So I'll get used to it. If only teleportation was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's such um, a good superpower as well. <laughs> Obviously, with the demands of being a 16-year-old and you having to balance that with travelling, how have you found that? Obviously, having to do things like school, was that a factor that you had to sort of balance uh, with your travelling? or And also missing out on things that you, you would normally do as a 16-year-old. Yeah. How have you, how have you found that? Um, I think for myself, that part was actually quite easy because for me, that's that was my priority that's what I want like so for example at prom I went to my prom but I didn't do after prom because I had um the European youth the week after but I won the European youth that to me was my I'd rather do that than have obviously I was gutted I missed my after prom with all my friends in my school year but that was just kind of my priority some people at that age have different views and that's just hires um but that part I don't find too bad the missing out on things because there are other things that I'd want to do instead, if you get me. I kind of see it as worth it. Um, yeah. But then it's also, it is how, you know, you've got friends going out and they're doing this and you're like, oh, I can't, I can't drink till September. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but they get it. So they, as long as you've got friends that get it, then I think the distraction is minimised. Um, but yeah, it's just having the right people around you, really. Uh, and just thinking about what you want to do, I'd say. For sure. And 2021 was an incredible year for you. Um, so what was it like knowing that you were going to go to your first Olympics? Like, what was your kind of reaction to that? Were you kind of nervous, excited? Was I, like? I was I was very excited. Um, I saw it as a really good opportunity to put myself on a world stage. Um, and obviously with the stamina we've got in Britain at the minute and how everyone's performing, 
it was kind of like everyone's like oh well we want to make finals and podiums and I'm like mm. I don't usually like to say what I want to do I kind of just in my head I'll, I'll be like yeah I'd like to make the final but in my head I was like no I want a medal I don't want yeah. to publicly say that to everyone because everyone's like she said she wanted a medal she didn't get it. um but yeah I think most athletes like that they have their goals in their head uh, but it was just exciting and it was the Olympic if I was to explain the Olympics in one word be chaotic yeah yeah it's it don't get me wrong like I loved it it was great but that Olympic village I don't even know what goes on in that <laughs> is it like there's so many people everyone's speaking a million different languages you meet loads of nice people though which is great and people from other sports you know and people that I've watched like I was in the same part apartment block as Adam Peaty and Tom Daly which is quite cool um yeah. but yeah definitely chaotic and everyone just blends in like Usain Bolt could be walking around I wouldn't even know yeah you seem to take everything in your stride like you're very uh calm I, I don't <laughs> think I'd be quite the same uh oh, thank you how do you like when, when you step out um and obviously like you see the stadium what is that feeling like um so I saw the stadium for the first time and I literally walked out straight to the heats because I didn't manage to get down beforehand. So I'm walking out and I'm like, this is actually massive. Yeah. <laughs> this is big. Um, the biggest stadium I've ever been in. And then I was like, imagine if it was full. Like, what would that be like? So I'd never ran with a crowd before. Um, but I was definitely more nervous for the heats. As the rounds went on, I got better by the final. I was, I was fine because I was in the final by then. You know, yeah. you, you've done the hardest part. Now you just got to execute but yeah the stadium was very cool though definitely a fast track very big a little bit a little bit overwhelming but I kind of just just like I'll forget about that I just focus on running two laps so you got to do and then once it's over the first part then you can think about the next but yeah mm. like you say, just, just trying to take it moment by moment I think there was a lot of videos going around social media of like athletes showing what it was like living at the village um like adapting to the whole covid situation how was how was that for you like was that an extra stressor for you or did you just you know go with the flow and um it was a little bit annoying yeah <laughs> like you're having to wear because i remember i left the country and the mm. rules were still in place and then we'd spent three weeks wearing a mask everywhere we went mm. and then i come home and no one's got one on and i'm yeah. like mm. i feel weird but um it wasn't too bad obviously there's covid testing every day having to eat food between what wall, plastic walls you can't hear anybody so you have a conversation like, what? What yeah. <laughs> yeah um so that was a kind of annoying but i suppose you're just grateful that the olympics are on because they very easily could have just said no or just wait till paris yeah, there's yeah. a lot of talks about that especially like really close to it starting that it could have got cancelled yeah um, that was a bit stressful yeah what were the athletes thinking around there was there much chat going on or did you just thought I mean, I think a lot of the athletes thought that it was going to go ahead because yeah. we were like a month out and I'm like, they're not cancelling it now. Like, so much is going ahead. We're flying in two weeks. Mm. You know, it's not. And the Japanese people, because I thought it was, um, I kept seeing tweets on Twitter of like people in Tokyo saying, no, we don't want it. But when we were there, like, they were like so nice. They couldn't have been more welcome. And the Japanese culture, like, very, very nice people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they seemed like they wanted it. So we <laughs> just yeah. went along with that, really. <laughs> Yeah, it looked really well organized. Yeah, it looked really well organized as well. Um, yeah, definitely. There are did people you, all over the country. Yeah. Did you have someone walk with you? Because I guess you guys had like 
is it like daily walks or something you could only like walk like what 100 meters 200 meters like back and forth like it was quite restricted no what, what you could do within yeah we the... could only stay on one side of the hotel the other side was for the public okay. there was i never went on one of them walks i decided to <laughs> um <laughs> it was literally a 50 meter straight like yeah i saw um, videos crazy <laughs> so instead i um so where the distance runners were all running there's like a golf course so if there was any spare um seats i'd go to the golf course and just walk instead of run and then there's people watching but you've got like two miles to to walk rather than 50 meters no um, fancy swinging some clubs <laughs> it would not have let us do that we would couldn't touch anything but um yeah they, they did a great job in putting it on and like everything they did for every country like there was uh, what 200 countries there um yeah. so it was it was very well put on and just yeah grateful it happened really okay so talking about your Olympic experience, um, how do you feel you best prepare for an event like that? Um, maybe leading up to the event or, and then maybe on the actual day of you competing. Um, how do you best prepare? Oh, um, well, I say the Olympics was very different to like a Europeans or especially different to um, a junior competition. But to be honest, I just try not to think about it because... Okay. It was, I don't think I realised how many people actually watched the Olympics um, and like how many people at home. It was really nice to have that support at home. Then I'm like, God, people who didn't even know who I am now got, I've got banners down my main street in my hometown in my face. And I'm like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I try not to think about that all. And that's what my, my coach said to me. He's like, you know, it's just two laps in another stadium in another part of the world. Like, that's, that's such it. So I tried to just view it as that um and then literally take it round by round but like I said I was most nervous for the heats because I did not want to go out in the heats yeah. <laughs> I was like no please no um and then the semis it's like the semis is probably a bit more nerve-wracking because you got 48 people not 48 24 people trying to get into eight lanes so you always get a few surprises and what you know and it's all here there and everywhere um but yeah I just kind of took it round by round really and um just trusted in my abilities I think that's really important you just got to be confident in and what you're training my training went really well up to the games I knew I was in good shape it was mm -hmm. just about not panicking not wasting energy on thinking about what they're doing what the people are doing obviously you've got to take that into consideration within your strengths and weaknesses but um just mainly backing yourself really yeah yes yeah. is there anything that you've learned from the Olympics that you're going to maybe change next time um hmm. I'll probably take a better cushion <laughs> Not bad idea that. <laughs> so <really> like, <laughs> somebody asked me this the other day, and I was like, I mean, the Olympics went up like pretty well. So I was kind of, if I was changing anything, it'd probably be for the next Olympics. Um, yeah. in terms of, I'd bring more snacks because, especially in a place where the food is very different. Although they yeah. did do everything they could to like give us food that, that we'd like, but you know, like snacking in between meals, I was like, yeah, I need more food. Um. The things like that what's but then you, what's your go-to like, snack a go-to snack i really digested biscuits you know <gasps> yes. okay wait, what what sort though what sort just the plain ones what <laughs> i know everyone goes why that's everyone says that's not good behavior and i'm even like, me and john we're all disagreeing on this because yeah. I, I like uh, the dark chocolate ones dark. Like, yeah i know milk chocolate with a cup of tea with a cup of tea come on so we'll go wrong I like playing because they're just, you know, you can eat them. And so I'm not them, so I don't feel bad. I just Yeah, true. Just keep keep jumping away. But yeah. Your response is so funny <laughs> because we've had 
uh, different athletes on and they've always said like their first Olympic experience, because they were quite young, obviously, like you, they've always said like, oh, I, you know, I, I take, I take time to, you know, look at the mental side and prepare mentally and look at other, like my competitors and what they do to prepare before competition. Oh, and you and you just you, you, you're just chilling <laughs> you're just chilling you're just enjoying yeah. it yeah I spot I think maybe it's just the way that I function but I just like don't want to think about it too much because then you start thinking oh my god there's so many people watching at home there's all this pressure da, 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 da. um and like I said I was only I'm only young so hopefully I'll have many more experiences but like, at the same time I don't want to think about it I just want to crack on do my two races and um you never know what's gonna happen in the future I could get injured in Paris. Touch wood, I don't. Um, but it happens. You know, it happened to to Jenny. She went to Beijing. Beijing didn't go how planned. She was ranked second in the world going to London and then didn't run all year because of an injury. And that was probably going to be her year to shine, especially in a home game. So that's why I think, you know, just... Because some people would say, like, oh, she's too young to go to the Olympics. She's too young. It's like, well, why wait? Like, why? I don't know what's going to happen, you know? So... Yeah, it's young and it might be a little bit rare, but I'll take it. <laughs> I feel like the fact that you're this young and you're able to handle the pressure this well, I think this is just the start of like a very, no, very, very you. successful career. Like I've never seen oh, anyone this calm uh, <laughs> over Same such here. important events. Like you've clearly got a gift uh, in the mental side for sure, because a lot of people get to these moments. They're able to compete all year round in the not as important events and then when it comes to the big time they really struggle but the fact that you can you can really handle that um oh, thank I you don't see why you can't go on to reach <laughs> really big things hopefully but like I said before it's like it's like staying there now that's going to be the tougher part so it's going to be a new challenge I'd say um but it's going to be interesting so we'll just see what see what happens mm. do you have like a pre-race routine so like when you're in a hotel just before you know you leave to go to the hotel do you have anything you do in your room or just uh, go with the flow again I always go with the flow. I mean I always I always FaceTime my coach whilst I'm doing my makeup like <laughs> a routine yeah he's like oh you need your makeup yeah okay what are we doing today <laughs> um yeah. and then let's get my bag ready listen to music I just chill really it's more like I do have a routine like when I like warm up like I do mm-hmm. everything like I'm, I'm not OCD but when it comes to that I'm like I have I'll be flexible if something goes wrong I'm like, okay now I can live without it but mm-hmm. ideally you know you want and oh, here's a funny story it's when you know how you wear a Garmin and yeah. like I throw my Garmin I don't wear it 24 7 on my runs but um I was warming up for the final and my watch pinged and I looked down and it said peaking I was gassed. Oh, <laughs> I was like, what better time to be in peak shape than right now? So I, was, I took yeah. a picture of it. I was going to send it to my coach, but he'd be like, why are you on your phone 20 minutes before the call? <laughs> but, yeah. That's interesting. So, so some athletes like to have that, you know, structure, like that same yeah. routine, because that's what reassures them. That's what makes them feel calm. So I, you're clearly doing it as well. It, it seems like it's working for you having that, you know, structure. So yeah. it's really interesting to see yeah. that. It's nice to have structure, but at the same time, there's a couple of things of like, so usually I do like to do some ice baths, whereas sometimes I've been in Europe and your hotel won't have a bath. Mm. So you've got to like, you can't hold on to things too much and just think, okay, maybe I'll just use a shower and just like make it cold for a bit. Like there's a few things you just got to think, that, you know, you got to make a few differences. But one of the main things, like I have a Red Bull before I, before I run and 
you know, I can always keep that there and eat my carbs and I'm, I'm happy. I know I'm going to be okay. But, yeah. Sweet. Okay. So something I've started asking um, all our guests, because uh, mm-hmm. it links to my study that I did on my master's is um, what psychological qualities do you feel make a successful 800 meter sprinter? I like how you said sprinter. Cause I think it's a sprint event, but everyone, you know. Um, it is. It's a long, long sprint. It is. It is definitely. Um, I'm gonna say focus yep. on yourself, um, confidence, as you know, and then um, confidence, focus, and not. I don't know the word. I don't know the one word for this, but maybe like not to dwell on things that don't go well yeah i'd say that because not every race is going to be record run and you're not going to win every race i've not won every race this year but yeah. you well on it then the training's not going to go well and bloody blah, blah and yeah the confidence is massive i think you know you need to believe in yourself because if you if you're thinking someone's going to beat you on the start line, like they're already they've already beat you in my opinion anyway yeah that's yeah. it for me we've heard that that event is like one of the most painful events like at the end of the race like, <laughs> i don't know how you do it like maintain that pace for that long um it's crazy i think it's i think 400 hurts more at the end oh yeah but i think the 800 training is worse all right like, a lot of my sessions is just lactic yeah especially in season it's just week after week of pain um but when it gets to racing you put yourself in that pain and training so in racing it feels slightly easier um, but at 400 at the end, ugh. yeah, you just can't yeah. throw your legs at all. No, not at all. Yeah. I did a little bit of uh, 400 meter for the school, and like, oh my god, I just remember like coming out of the blocks fast, and then the last 100 meters, everyone's cheering me on during that final stretch, and then I've just got nothing left. Hey. In yeah, <laughs> really especially if you go off too hard. Oh yeah. my days, yes, because. It was like one of my first times actually like racing around a track and then you, you're seeing people sort of going past you because they're in a different lane. So yeah. you don't sort of know where you are. You don't know where anyone is the last hundred. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, have you ever worked with a sports psychologist during your uh, sort of career? I have. I've been quite lucky to be able to access it through British Athletics because um, I'm on the Futures programme. But I mean, I don't really like to talk about things very much. Yeah, yeah. So, but I do think this next year it's going to be something that I work with. Um, I'm in Loughborough this weekend, actually, with Futures. So I'm going to speak psychologists there because a lot of people I've spoken to have said if you can access it, and especially if you can get it for free, do it. And I've never really seen why. Um, but I do feel like maybe in the next couple of years it's going to be important. I've always think when you're young, what is there really to talk about unless you really think you need it um but yeah I can see I can see the benefits that it has especially because sport it's hard you have many ups and downs and sometimes you don't know what to do yeah so. I think something we're really trying to share on this podcast is that it's not necessarily always for a problem either whether you've got yeah. something like it's not always just the ups and downs it's about right like you said you're at the top level now um how can you stay at that top level well perhaps working on your mental game is yeah. going to help you stay stay at the top because I think obviously I said that you've got this gift of being so confident in yourself and calm, whereas others I think really need to work on that um, yeah. to sort of stay calm during those moments. Uh, so it could definitely improve performance um, working on that. Yeah, definitely. I I think it can as well. Like, so I'm just like not cracking under pressure, isn't it? Um, yeah. 
which is mm-hmm. a, it's a hard thing to do you know it's not easy any sports any sports games they're not easy there's always things that play in your head and especially when sometimes you, know, you can be so confident in the weeks leading up to it and you could literally be in the call room and you can hear these doubts in your head mm-hmm. and you know you're thinking I'm here now why are you why are you doubting me now but it's just the nature of adrenaline and and fear isn't it because but you say it's just I think it's dealing with them negative thoughts because everyone gets them even you saying Bob will get them it's just how you how you deal with it really you might not show it he definitely doesn't show it but no doubt he probably will have had them yeah go ahead uh, so moving on to sort of the next section um which is outside of athletics uh we're interested to see how our guests sort of disconnect from their uh, arena so how do you disconnect from training and competing um i mean i'm very sociable so i like to just do things with my friends really do love a shopping trip um but mainly just chill and i've i'm taking a gap year this year i'd say uni but i'm taking a gap year so that's gonna either be a good thing or a bad thing i guess we'll find out um struggles get momentum back (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah i say i was i do i think it's important to have a distraction from athletics because you don't want it to be all about the like all about training but um i do quite a few different things i'm kind of interested in trying to learn language yeah i am as well yeah it's one of the things that i just feel like brits are so lazy what what language do you want to learn well i did spanish at school so i was like do i do spanish then i thought it's paris in three years should i learn french You've got a bilingual French speaker here, so uh, if you want some lessons, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where do you get your French side from? So I'm from Belgium. Uh, my my oh. parents, my parents are both um, British. They moved here like 25 years ago, so I grew up here in Belgium. Uh, went in the French school system, so that's where I got the French and spoke English at home. Really, very cool. Yeah, I think that's so cool. And Belgium, I swear that don't the one half speak like exactly. Yeah. So I'm from the French area, so the kind of south part of it. Um, such a messed up country. It's it's so weird. The the Dutch people. Do I? How do I talk to the Dutch people? Yeah. Uh, Or can you not? Well, technically, everyone's meant to be like have the ability to speak both languages, but everyone hate like the the Dutch side and the French side don't get along really well. Um, so. But I speak English to the Dutch because I, my Dutch is so bad. So and they have really good English. So John went to a European school and he knows so many languages. Like I've got a Spanish girlfriend and he can just strike up a conversation with her no problem. Uh, it's mental. Why are you hyping me up like that? <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> no, that's uh, not cool. Actually, I wish I could speak another language, and I've tried so many times, and then like life has got in the way. So yeah. now that there's a period you know getting training period where i'm not racing i'm gonna try yeah and get some kind of language that'd be quite cool i was really lucky because i was like in that environment when i was really young and you learn the language much yeah. easier when you're like two three four you know like that's the perfect age to, to learn the language because your brain is like slowly developing so uh well quickly developing yeah. but um yeah I'm, languages are so important nowadays um yeah, I'm blessed to, to be able to speak to you. I've just finished my master's and it's my goal this winter to sort of learn Spanish um, or at least be able to just understand it as much to have a conversation with like my girlfriend's family where yeah. they'll speak to me in Spanish and I actually understand what they're saying. Yeah. Like, we went out for drinks uh, not so long ago and then oh, when no. they get drunk, they start speaking Spanish more without them knowing. And it's like, ah, uh, 
I'm still there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be cool though. And I remember being at um, I was on holiday with my family a couple of years ago, and I was at a bar in Marbella, and um, this guy's Irish guy, probably the most Irish-looking guy you'll ever see, and he's talking to us in Irish, and he just turns around, starts cracking Spanish banter with the waiter, and I'm yeah. just like. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool. Just one yeah. of the little, little talents you want to have. You can just spit um, out another language. Especially when you're on holiday and you just like quickly strike up a conversation. <laughs> exactly. Like no problem. <laughs> leave, leave this to me. I'll talk to him real quick. <laughs> yeah. You order the food, you do everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be so cool. And then they're impressed because everyone knows the British are lazy and don't know any languages. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. <laughs> what is it about Brits? Come on, guys. Like, what is it about Brits that you guys don't want to learn the language? Come on. You got What's two Brits here that want to learn languages. <laughs> yeah. I'm proud of you guys. Everyone just everyone just learns English. Like I go to Europe, especially on the um, the athlete circuit. They speak perfect English. There's actually no need for me to learn language because they just all speak perfect English. But I do think it's just one of them like nice that they make the effort. So we mm-hmm. know. Just is, is there any athlete like? Is there any nationality that are like the funniest like within your like you know? events um, or any like stereoty- stereotypes or three favorite nationalities in terms of foreign it'd be the dutch i think the dutch are the most like the english they, they get the banner a little bit yeah. um, so like i get on with like femme cabal really well if you've heard of her um but then love jamaicans they are so yeah. sassy it is so funny yeah, love yeah. Jamaican. but then the aussies because they're they're very british because we basically yeah. own them don't we so no, yeah, yeah. is a class. Yeah. Laid back. Well, it's just class. Yeah. They are cool. But they're always like, they're always out of it because they come from so far away. And then they come over, they spend like the whole summer in Europe and they just catch up everyone. It's it's quite cool when I'm thinking, when they want to race, unless, unless you're a pro in, in Australia, you can't get out of the country. Mm. You gotta, you've got to be getting into the Diamond Leagues and be, be able to spend all summer here or you're in Australia because it's so far away. So I kind of feel sorry for them, but it is what it is <laughs> but um you talk about taking a gap year you're also studying criminology at Leeds Beckett so how's that been uh, balancing obviously university and studies you're currently taking a gap year so I'm, I'm trying to study yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um to be honest like a lot of my athlete friends they're very clever I don't know what it is I was having this conversation the other day a lot of athletes are very clever and they they can pull out these a stars whilst training at a high level I don't know how they do it because me personally I can't do it mm-hmm. I really struggle with staying focused at education and like especially with it being online I've struggled with trying to balance it I need someone to tell me right, you need to be here at 10 o'clock and we're going to do two hours work and then you're done for the day if someone says fit in two hours wherever you like I'm not going to do it mm-hmm. um, so I've definitely found that hard which has probably contributed a bit to the gap year because still a bit online and stuff like that um mm-hmm. So I'm probably not the best person to ask about that. <laughs> Why criminology? Um, but I did it at college and I think it's quite interesting, like looking at the minds of crazy people in this world that yeah. <laughs> do really yeah. weird things. Like it's mm. a bit sick, but it's quite interesting. Um and looking at there's more than just obviously the crime side, there's like social crime and like how to prevent you know, within a society and things like that, which is interesting, a bit boring, but it's all right. That is interesting. Do you, sure. 
Do you watch any like Netflix documentaries, like crime documentaries? I'm really into them. Like that's what I yeah. watch on Netflix. That's all yeah, I do. Yeah, they're good. Like the um, what's the one called? Um, where with the guy who pretended there was like aliens coming with that family next door. What was that one called? Because that like, was sick and twisted. Was it Unsolved Mysteries? Was it one of them? Like them ones or no? Oh, the, there was had, an episode of that. No. Yeah. Oh, it could have been on the same thing. But they had its own documentary on Netflix. It was okay. around the time that the Ted Bundy one came out. Oh, okay. And there's another one, and you'll have to Google it and watch it because it. Oh my God, it's. I'm going into too much detail because we're disgusting, but <laughs> it's all kinds one, of crazy. One of my favorite ones was um, "Into the Mind of uh, Aaron Hernandez." Uh, I don't know so if you ever watched that one. It's about the NFL player. Uh, unbelievable documentary. Definitely watch it. It's so good. Like. It's basically like a famous NFL player. I'm not going to spoil it, but like he gets into a messy situation. And whilst he's like doing all this crime, he's still competing in the NFL week in, week out. Like the high, he was winning. Oh, like Super I've heard of this guy. What, was, what crimes did you do? I wouldn't spoil it. You have to watch it. <laughs> okay. Don't yeah. say it all. Don't say it. <laughs> I watched it ages ago, but I remember it being so good. Yeah, it's so good. But, um, how how much do you value education so what kind of made you want to you know study a degree i'm not gonna lie i studied a degree because i wanted to move out okay Fair enough. all honesty there um if i wasn't an athlete i wouldn't have gone to uni um that is just me that's just how i am i mm-hmm. actually wanted to go in the army believe it or not when i was 16 um but then i was like I know Kelly Holmes did it, but I don't think it worked so much in this <laughs> day and age. Um, so I decided and I thought, I don't want to stay at home because I need my own space. So I thought, okay, I'll give university a try. I was umming and ahhing about it. Um, and I enjoyed, I did it. I have enjoyed my year there. Um, but just like I said, for right now, maybe 19-year-old me can't cope with it, but maybe like 24, 25-year-old me can. Uh, we're quite lucky that in this country, you can go to uni when you want. Um, mm. So that's just like where I am right now. And I've enjoyed uni and I think it's a good option, especially for athletes trying to pursue that um, both pathway of getting a degree and trying to do sport as well. Um, and Leeds Becky is good for that. Um, we'll shout out my university. But um, <laughs> yeah, me personally definitely struggled with that. But Yeah, we um, figured out during our like, course, we did like a sort of a networking thing where we had to present a poster. We yeah. found out that everyone on our course is, a, is an Olympian or some sort of athlete. Um, and then it's just being John like yeah. repping. <laughs> we did the uh, sports psychology at Loughborough, and oh, you went to Loughborough. Yeah, we oh, okay. were with Emily, Emily Borthwick, when her oh, her cohort. Yeah, Emily, I love yeah, Emily. Yeah. She's from yeah. the NT, so yeah, she's so funny. We had her on on the podcast as well. We had the she is funny. She, she loves pie, isn't it? <laughs> Wigan. Wigan. Wigan that's that's what i remember from that she's more wigan than me she's like yeah she's way more wigan than me yeah yeah <laughs> we'll mention that to her <laughs> no but um in terms of all the questions we had for you they were all the questions we had for you but we obviously asked our social media audience if they've got any questions for you mm-hmm. so this is sort of the section where we just reel them off one by one and okay. just get your insight into your answers so the first one is how do you stay motivated oh yeah that is um yeah probably right now that's probably something i'm going through a little bit with um in terms of getting back into training um 
looking for my goals for next year but you know you just had like that time off and it's like okay now I'm gonna try and get back into it um but I'd say I try and kind of forget about I've had time to process what's happened this year but kind of forget about that it's a blank slate a new start and just look at next year look at what I want to do I always think to me and Laura Waitman have this this thing whenever we're in pain in the gym or in the track she'll be like Keely go to your happy place now last year my happy place was Tokyo so this year my happy place will be Oregon Um, well it's quite a few champs next year so it'll be all that so yeah I just kind of think about what I want to do um and just stay focused on that because whenever I think about it it makes me want to get up and run so yeah fair enough um so the second question was what was your where was your favorite place to race what country sweden oh i love sweden sweden's beautiful um so yeah sweden definitely and stockholm the race went quite well so that helped but sweden is a place not belgium then yeah uh appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) well we had a crowd in belgium which is actually really nice but um yeah yeah, brussels is nice but sweden sorry no it's a pretty old stadium i think as well um yeah was it the heisel was it is it that you i don't know maybe not them bends are so long yeah around the bends i'm thinking when's this straight coming i've been running for ages but um it's a it's a fast track so Mm. nice okay so the third one is what advice would you give a young 800 meter runner who would like to make it at the highest level um i'd say to honestly just be consistent um, like when I was, I think a lot of people, especially when you're like 13 and you're doing English schools, I used to look, I hate English schools because I used to look at it like it was the bloody Olympics or something. And there's so much pressure on it. But when you're that age, just because someone's winning the schools at 14 does not mean that they're going to be winning stuff at 20. So don't look around whatever. Else. Obviously, it's, it'd be nice to do it all. But I never did. I have one medal in the schools. I never won it. I got a lot of fourths, thirds, um, and then the year before I ran for my first GB, I came fourth in the schools, and then I won the European Youth year after. So I just think, like, don't dwell on all that too much when you're young. Enjoy yourself. Obviously, train hard. That's what you want to do and put the time and effort into it. But, yeah, just keep, keep, keep consistent because it will show later on in your career when you're trying to get through to seniors. Great advice. Perfect. So the last question is, and you have to guess who asked this, who is your favorite British high jumper? Oh, oh no, <laughs> is this gonna be? <laughs> oh, if you get this wrong, oh, Emily's got to have asked this. Yeah, spot on. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking Tom Gale, but I thought, no, nah, he wouldn't say anything like that. They gave it away that we spoke about it just. Yeah, like, I should not have said anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we shared a room in Tokyo, so. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. She's my Mimi. Okay. Legend. So, yeah, they're all the questions that we had for you. Thanks so much for uh, coming on. We really appreciate it, especially with the inconvenience of uh, Instagram <laughs> earlier. <laughs> fine. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, this is sort of the moment where I give you a, a moment to shout anything out that you've got going on. All your socials and that will be in the uh, description of the YouTube video. Oh, so, thank is, you. is there anything else uh, you want to shout out? or? Um. I don't think so. I think we're good. Shout out Leeds Beckett. Yeah, Leeds Beckett. <laughs> it's win- the winter grind's back on now, so everyone stay focused. <laughs> <Quiet>. <laughs> yeah, 
inspirational message there. <laughs> no, but we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you could please share this with your friends or someone you feel would benefit from it. Most importantly, like, subscribe, comment down below any questions or guests you'd like us to get on in the future. Also, go follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Links will be in the description of the YouTube video. Thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next one.